Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. <laughs> Thank you to the voice of Ryan Treasure. We've got an interesting show today, Radio Red in the house. And for those of you who are seeing the new background for the first time, I'm proud that I created this in Night Cafe Studio with a couple of text prompts, some funky stuff like mix oil and water and red and silver and tinsel and soap and give me a moonscape. And then I said, but it's got to have lipstick. It's got to have a red mic. And then I went in Photoshop and added the whoop lips, read my lips, cool conversations with creators with AK Radio Red. So welcome to the new background. Happy to be here. This is Monday, the first Monday of February, 2024. My goodness, those of us who are still around never thought we would get to this point the past couple of years. But we are here. This is a party. I'm talking to three creatives. I met all three of them at the National Publicity Summit couple months ago. Happy to have them here. And those of you who follow the show know that I get about 92% of my guests from the Publicity Summit. So I'm very happy to have the three of you. Uh, we have some very sparkling personalities on the show today. <laughs> Wait till you hear who my guests are. But first, I didn't tell them this, but guess I want you to make the shape of the letter L with your thumb and forefinger on either hand. You choose the letter L. Come on, Steve, you can do it. That's it. Okay. On the count of three, you're going to join me in saying hello, L, L, L. And I'll tell you who that is. You ready? One, two, three. Hello, hello L, 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 L. Jordan, my engineer, write that down. This was the best, most in sync, not the singing group, most in sync LLL I think we've ever had on the show. Congratulations. to. There's no door prize, but just congratulations. LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener, and she lives in Whitestone, New York. How could she? It starts with a W. I've been trying to move her to a place with L, and we talked about London. Of course, I had a fake GoFundMe. Didn't raise a lot of money, but it was fun. No, it was just fun in my head. Uh, I, I wanted to move over to London. It was too hot, too expensive. And then I looked at the London map. I thought I would move there, and then she could have come over and stay with me for a while. But you know what? I tilted my head, Leah. I tilted my head. Leah is one of our guests, and her name starts with L. I tilted my head, and the N in London went upside down and turned into a U, and I landed in Loudoun, Tennessee. Okay. So what can I tell you? So we're trying to get Laura to move here. So anyway, Laura will email me at 6.01 p.m. Eastern time right after the show, and she will say, oh, I love what Leah said. Oh, and Paul and Steve, what a charmer. And she's going to give me a little synopsis of what you said. It's like a book report. She's been doing this for years, and she's very important to the show. So I use... I've been doing this for a couple months on all my shows. Now I have four live radio shows at the current time. And I use ChatGPT in an interesting way. I say, I need a monologue. I want a poem from my radio show. And here are the bios of my guests. Would you please return a poem to me? Any of you, Steve and Leah, I haven't introduced you fully yet. And Paul, anybody want to tell me how many seconds it takes for ChatGPT to return the poem to me, the draft? How many uh, seconds? 15, 20 seconds, depending how all busy right. it is. Leah, how much? How many seconds? Four. Okay, Paul? I'd say 10. Okay, if you count one 1,000, two 1,000, before you get to three seconds, the poem is there. It wow. ingests everything I send it, all of your bios and my opening. So here we go. But 
AI plus human. That's the way we roll on this show. So I am the human editor. I had a CAT scan of my brain last week at the ER. Don't even ask. And they reported to me that there is a brain in there. So I'm still human as far as I know. So we've got human. That's TMI, I know. So here we go. Listen up. And when I call your name, I want you to wave vociferously. Wave loudly with your hand, Steve. You can do that. Welcome, audience dear, to Read My Lips Talk. We're authentic and we're real. Yes, we walk the walk. Here our creative tales unfold, led by Radio Red Spirit and her Scarlet Mike Bold. That's me. Okay, Steve Wolf, raise your hand. Wave, wave, wave. A wildfire whisperer with jet engines roar. CEO of Team Wildfire, problem solving at its core. From Hollywood special effects to Shakespeare's lore, he thrives on challenges, making every day count even more. Steve, did you like that? Pretty impressive. Okay, Pretty good. Impressive. That was less than three seconds. Leah Craft Christian, here you are. Leah Craft Christian, JD, a happiness guru at heart, speaks worldwide with wisdom to impart. Law, broadcasting, and script writing are her brand. Her journey to success is fascinating and it's grand. Leah, did you like that? <laughs> I loved it. Loved I rewrote it. what ChatGPT. <laughs> I didn't like their version. I rewrote that. And Paul Lawrence Van, <laughs> there you are. Paul Lawrence Van, a leader of influence guiding with might from the U.S. Air Force to Capitol Hill's height. Author, speaker, and coach in the leadership light. He illuminates path to success, pure and bright. Paul, what'd you think? It was awesomeness. Awesomeness. <laughs> so here's the last part. Watch or listen to us. It's your choice. Join AKA Radio Red and hear her voice on the roar of creativity. That's an homage to Steve. You'll find out why. Our episode new. We hope to inspire and share a smile with you. A symphony of stories, creativity in full view. What'd you all think? Nice, nice, nice. Pretty nice, impressive. Nice. Wonderful. Pretty cool. Yeah. Got I have 20 a lot bucks. Of worth <laughs> no i don't use gpt4 that's the 20 dollars a month this is the free one it's even no, better you should hear the poem that the 20 dollars one would have made i can imagine thanks a lot steve i appreciate that speaking of steve the troublemaker here i well you're all troublemakers because you're all creatives and we shake things up but when you hear the closing of the show you'll understand so now i would like to ask each of you to take three minutes and Steve, I didn't tell you this, but if you go over about three minutes, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to say into the mic, Steve, the hourglass has 12 grains of sand left. Would you please start to wrap it up? Your three minutes is almost over. I won't do that. I want to tell you, I, I don't usually do that on the air. I do it before, but we had too much to do. So Steve... Tell us all about Steve Wolf. Can't you do wait. it in the Welcome. IFB, right? There okay. you go. And by the way, everybody, I have to tell you, Steve has put me to shame. I only have three monitors in my office, not enough equipment. He's got about 25 monitors he's got to set up. And maybe if we're lucky, he'll show us all the equipment he's got in the background. But for now, we just want that punum. You know what that is. We want that handsome face. And we want to hear who you are and what's your creativity. Steve, welcome. Go ahead. Hey, thank you so much for having me with you today. And the reason I need so many monitors is like many creatives, you know, it's out of sight, out of mind. And if I have to remember to shift from one tab to the other, like it may as well just be, you know, buried under the pyramids of Egypt. Uh, so everything's got to be out, you know, no drawers, all shelves in the house, right? Bio, uh, bio, who are you? Bio. So I'm Steve Wolf. I'm the founder of Team Wildfire. And uh, Team Wildfire is a company based off of a crazy idea that I had a few years ago that wildfires could be blown out with jet engines. Uh, I'd been working as a special effects coordinator in Hollywood 
and working for Tom Cruise and James Cameron and making physical effects. So not, you know, messing around on keyboards. I, I lack that skill and patience, uh, but actually building things, making it rain, cars exploding, stuff like that, and volunteering as a firefighter in the interim. Uh, and when I speaking to my firefighter friends, as we noticed conditions deteriorating around the world, uh, that fires were getting more fierce than they'd ever been. I asked these guys, dudes, what's up, man? Like, what's it going to take to get these fires under control? And they said, dude, it would take a hurricane. And I said, I'll be right back. So <laughs> I, uh, started messing around with the idea of how we could get hurricanes, on site to fire teams who need them. And what we ended up with was using jet engines mounted on logging skidders, giant logging, you know, 60,000 pound trucks. And if you could bring a, a big jet engine, there's a, a tiny little jet engine over here and a, a bigger engine over here. Um, and, and you could use those engines to drive fire retardant at a fire at two or 300 miles an hour, the fire doesn't stand a chance because you're you're blowing away all the things that fires need to survive. They need fuel, poof, blow it away. They need oxygen, replace it with mist, right? They need heat, blow it away with convective energy and, and evaporative cooling. And they need this delicate chemical reaction to happen where the oxygen and the fuels are combining and you can disrupt that too. So this doesn't mean you could put out, you know, 10,000 miles of fire at once, but it does mean that you could control the local weather around something that you don't want to burn up, like a nuclear power plant or a school or a hospital, um, and, and the opportunity to protect you know, individual assets like that could be huge. So we started Team Wildfire. I have some amazing co-founders, Dan Eman and Andy Amalfitano, both actual fire chiefs, so not you know crazy creatives, but actual serious people. Uh, and we're doing this thing. You know, we went out and we talked to investors, not knowing whether we'd get laughed off the block or not. We raised 4 million bucks and now we're out actually building this crap. So pretty soon we'll have our prototype back from the shop and fingers crossed, you know, it does more to put out fires than anything we've seen before. Wow. I think wow is there the, go. Is the right. right response. That's Steve, what, just tell us briefly, what was your background before you started to do this? Uh, what, what education do you have? What, what, what did you do before this genius up, appeared in your brain and said, I'm going to do this? Just quickly, tell us a little more about the origin sure. story I, of I, As a special effects coordinator for 30 years before that, I was a Shakespeare major at Columbia University, studied uh, Shakespeare in 18th century British literature, um, had a host of careers <laughs> before and after and during. Um, a lot of I've done a lot of uh, science education work. I started a program called Science in the Movies, where I go to schools and I would show kids that all the things that they think are so cool in movies yeah. are actually all based on physics and chemistry. So yes. if they think physics and chemistry are boring, no, that's that's actually what makes people be able to fall out of windows on fire and you know get up to do another scene the next day. Question: so, Do you ever you know, sleep? <laughs> I sleep. I don't know one to six usually. That's pretty good. By the way, I, I was waiting for you to say that you paraphrased a famous line from Shakespeare instead of out, out, damn spot. I thought your tagline was out, out, damn fire. 
Forgive me. You like that? The creative mind is just going and going and going. Thank you, Steve Wolf. It's a pleasure to meet you. And let's go around the table to Leah. I'm putting you on speaker view. Please tell us who you are. We're so happy to have you here. Leah, go ahead. (laughs) I am Leah Craft Christine, and I'm the CEO of Lifecraft International, which is a training company for individuals business owners, professionals, and authors and creatives. I have been teaching well-being and emotional intelligence skills for a very, very long time. And then add to that what I have dubbed quantum intelligence. I'm finally letting the world hear my voice talking about that. Um, It's not as accepted as emotional intelligence skills. And then I take all of that and move it into really practical skills, like how to get your business moving faster, how to get yourself to the forefront as an entrepreneur or a creative, how to present yourself. And then I take it one step farther. You take all of that excitement and energy and emotional intelligence. And what I do is package that into what I call, it's like not storm proofing, but storm hardy mindsets. And I teach people how to build their own homes for under $50,000 in less than 30 days. Excuse me, could you repeat that, please? Because nobody yes. believed it. We heard you, but we didn't believe it. Say it again. Yeah. It is how I teach how to build your own home. And I'm talking a two bedroom, two bath home. In under 30 days, or approximately 30 days, for under $50,000. That excludes the infrastructure. So some of the people I'm aiming towards are people who already have their septic tank in because their house was washed away by a flood or burned down in a fire, or they had um, a tornado destroy it, or a hurricane, and they need to do something now for their kids to get them back on the school bus and stay in the same place they've been living. And so I'm teaching them how to do this on a credit card and using Lowe's or Home Depot or someone else's credit to build it while they're waiting for the insurance company to get their act together and help them to rebuild on the same spot. So that's part of it. But I'm also teaching women veterans with children who want to and need to get themselves in a stable position so they can make sure nobody says you can't keep your kids. That's another group I'm really focusing on. But just backtracking a little bit, I was born with two club feet and twisted legs, and I learned to walk when I was seven because of a miracle that happened to me, which I'm not going to go into. But I'm just saying, the most incredible thing happened. I had mobility after the age of seven, and I decided to use that to the fullest advantage I possibly could. And my dad, who was a Marine and a judge and an Army officer, (laughs) decided with his four girls that he was going to teach him everything he knew. So I'd be up on the roof, and I was putting shingles on and helping to build and do all of those things. But the most important thing happened to me after my mom died when I was in my 20s, and I finally said, it's time, Leah, to learn how to be happy. And I was a very, very not unhappy person, but it was easy to get knocked off the horse, easy to dive into depression, into the bottom of the sewer. And I learned one step by step how to get myself to pull back and learn how to run my brain for happiness, which in turn unlocked my whole world 
and everything in it. And then I said, I've got to show people how to do this because it's painful to be depressed the way I was in those kinds of depressions that last for five months. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Wow. <laughs> Can we all just take a deep breath? <laughs> wow. I, 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 so many parts of that. I want to know so much more about, uh, you, you did such a lovely job of it. I can't believe anybody knocking you off of anything, Leah. You're a force of nature. I love the part where you said your dad had you on the roof and I'm thinking a house, a two bedroom, two bath house for $50,000. We have to talk. But Leah, rumor has it, you've got a book there and you're going to hold at least, and oh, wait, wait, wait. Leah am. has only, Leah's very, very lackluster, not really motivated. She's only written 19 books and co-authored five. So I just want you to all know she just doesn't do much with her time. Leah, this is 30 Days to Happiness, Setting Yourself Up. Would you send me an e-book e of that, please? I'd love I to. most definitely will. This I is the book that brought me to Oprah. It was my fifth book. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you very much. <laughs> you, you're not supposed to make the host stop talking, Leah. You can't keep, Sorry. you people can't be keeping amazing me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave you there on your, on your seat for a second. And let's go to Paul Lawrence Van. Paul, I was so excited. I, I nothing against Steve and Leah, but I said Paul's gonna be the first one in the Zoom room, and he was because he emailed me a couple weeks ago. And he said I can't wait to be on the show. He said, He's gonna be first in the room. That's fine, Paul. I'm putting you on speaker view. We can't wait to hear about you. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Go ahead. First of all, I'm honored to be here, Radio Red, because you're that awesome. My name is Paul Lawrence Van, and one of my things that I grew up with was nine brothers and sisters. Five boys and five girls. My mom and dad were both factory workers. And I started working at the age of 10. Uh, back in the day, there was not, no such thing as a side hustle. But my parents started a community grocery store called Vance Grocery and Fish Market. And I was jumping up and down. Oh, my God, we're going to have a grocery store. Until my parents told me that I would open a store every day after school. <laughs> Out with the school activities, out with the sports. It was over for me. And I did this for five years. And the fast forward, I was a first-generation high school graduate, first-generation college graduate, first-generation getting a master's degree. And in so doing, I ended up with a bachelor's degree in business. And on the same day I graduated from Shaw University in Raleigh, North Carolina, I received my commission as a second lieutenant into the United States Air Force. Now, wow. I want you to understand. Can I interrupt and say thank you for your service? You're okay. very welcome. Okay. I'm honored to have served. Now continue, please. Go ahead. Thank you very much. And I was the first one to say when I was younger, I'll never serve in the military. You know why? Because Walter Cronkite would report the Vietnam veteran casualties every night. And I said, I don't want to go out like that. And then what, what happened? What changed? I went to basic training for the Air Force six weeks just to get out of my summer job, my job with UPS. It was hot in Raleigh in the summer. I'll go to basic training. So I go to basic training, never flown on a plane before at Dover, Delaware. And in the third week of that six-week encampment, we flew over Bermuda. And first of all, that freaked me out because we're flying over Bermuda. Planes crash, ships sink. You need to Bermuda Triangle, yes, famous. Bermuda Triangle. Yep. And then two weeks after that, we were flown to Columbus, Mississippi, and we were put in Air Force jets and had what was called flight orientation. 
and they would, we would put us in there with the instructor pilot, go up about 10,000 feet, and then the instructor pilot would let us take over and fly for a little while. And that's where the Air Force got me. They got me hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> and so when I came back to college, I decided to join a two-year ROTC program at North Carolina State University, so I was cross-enrolled. And then upon graduation, I went on active duty. I went on and served 20 years, uh, mostly doing acquisitions work. So buying things for Department of Defense, for Department of the Air Force. And uh, it ended up, after eight years, I left and I was recruited by mobile oil company. So I wanted to do a little oil and gas. My dream had always been, I want to work at a Fortune 500 company. And so mobile recruited me. I did that for two years, financial work for them for two years. And then I get a phone call one day from the Pentagon. And this colonel, he asked me, hey, I see that you're trying to get into the reserves. Would you like to come back on active duty? I said, where would I be assigned? He said, the Pentagon. The yeah. Pentagon. And so I decided I would go back in. Here's the problem, AKA Radio Red. I was 30 pounds overweight before I could go back in. So in three weeks, I lost 33 pounds. I went to the physical exam in San Antonio. I passed the exam. The doctor asked me, hey, have you lost any weight lately? I said, yeah, I lost 33 pounds in three weeks. <laughs> he said, don't ever do that again. Oh. And, and so what happened, I went on and I came back to the Air Force, served 12 straight years in the Pentagon. I worked one year on Capitol Hill for a member of Congress in the Capitol Hill Fellowship Program. So I worked for a member of Congress in the U.S. House of Representatives. And then two years later, I retired and then I became an entrepreneur. So now today I'm the founder and president of Wealth Building Academy, LLC, which is a leadership consultancy. So I provide keynote speeches, leadership development workshops, uh, in addition to leadership coaching. And I'm, I'm the author of this book, uh, Leadership is Influence. And this particular book here uh, has me on a lot of speaking engagements this year. And I also have one, one engagement coming up at New York, at City University of New York. And then I have another uh, one coming up in Paris, in France. <laughs> so I don't speak the French, but I've been there before. I've been to Paris before. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I look forward to doing that. And uh, I'm really just enjoying myself based here in the Washington, D.C. area. And I have two Generation Z children. So I'm, I'm learning. I'm trying to stay ahead of them technology wise, because if I do, I'll do much better with my business. But overall, I'm really enjoying uh, life. And uh, after retirement from the Air Force and in my second chapter of my life, I did not want to just sit around and do nothing. I wanted to do something and continue to give and, and be of service to, to more and more people. Impressive, impressive, impressive. The three of you have more credentials. Than I, probably, I have wonderful guests on the show, but I can't recall three people who brought such rich backgrounds of commitment, of creativity, of intelligence, of diligence, of energy, of optimism, and you too, Leah, of positivity. I don't like that word because it's funky, but that's what we're talking about. I'm, I'm impressed with the three of you. I would just love to take you all to dinner right now. Should we end the show and just come to Loudon and I'll find a restaurant somewhere? I'm serious. I'm serious. So <laughs> let's move on. And what I would like to do now, thank you for the bios. And by the way, Paul, do you ever sleep? Do you sleep? Uh, maybe four hours a night. <laughs> okay. And Leah, how about you? Do you sleep? 
<laughs> I love my sleep. Oh. <laughs> I I get about eight and a half hours every night. Oh, bless your heart. Yeah. My mother will used to say that. Bless your heart. <laughs> bless your heart. That's wonderful. I usually fall asleep watching one of my French detective shows, sitting straight up on the couch, and I wake up like, oh, it's 12.30 in the morning. Okay, well, I think I'll go to... No, I've got 52 words with friends games waiting on my iPad. So I wake up, I go to bed, I put the light, then I start, the iPad falls down, hits me in the knees. Now it's time to go to sleep. I'll put it down and I'll finish the games in the morning. But my sleeping pill is words with friends because it uses up the rest of what's in my my brain from the day and makes me think. And then that's it. I'm out. So thank you for answering the sleep question. So next on the program, I just want to talk to all the three of you more, but we're going to follow the format because that's the way I designed the show. So here's the deal. I've asked each of you to please send me a quote from a fictional character in a movie or a TV show or a song lyric, and you're going to relate it briefly. Mm. Let's keep it to two to three minutes. It'll be fine. Uh, to the topic, and the topic is just creativity. And then we'll go to your creativity statements and have a, a fun roundtable with that. So, Steve Wolf, you have quoted H.G. Wells, Things to Come, 1936 British black and white sci-fi film. I didn't know they had sci-fi films that they called sci-fi in 1936. <laughs> and Steve says, you have to see Raymond Massey deliver this speech to do justice to the words. They don't make actors like that anymore. That's not your voice. Uh, it was from, produced by blah, 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 blah. Uh, nobody will know the names of these. H.G. Uh, Wells conceived his treatment as a new story meant to display the social and political forces and possibilities he outlined in his 1933 book, The Shape of Things to Come, a novel, a work he considered less a novel than a discussion in fictional form as the notes of a 22nd century diplomat. Here's the quote. It's long, but listen up. I can't do it in a Raymond Massey voice. Do you want to do it Come for on, me? You could Steve? try. Okay. For a man, no rest and no ending. He must go on. Conquest beyond conquest from this little planet with its winds and ways. And then all the laws of mind and matter that restrain him. And when he has conquered all the mysteries of time, still he will be beginning. How'd I do? That was great. That was a cold read. I didn't practice. Well, that was pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Ray Massey, thank you for inspiring me, I guess. I wasn't channeling anybody. Steve, you got two minutes. What does this have to do with creativity? Go ahead. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> what, it, what it has to do with creativity was um, a, a temporal centricity in the future rather than uh, one of orientation in the present. And I think for a lot of uh, creatives, um, we live more in the future than we live in the present because uh, even though the, the world may confront us with what is going on today, what we're perceiving is the way we imagine the world could be. And, we, and that's a, a much stronger and to us more realistic perception than the present. The present is just a you know, a mere inconvenience. Uh, it's, it's footsteps on the way to the way we see the world could be. And then we feel compelled for some strange reason to start to reshape the world uh, from the status in which we find it into the status in which we would like to see it. Because we believe that that would be better for the planet, for the people, for whatever, uh, if it were like that. And so we feel a strong compulsion uh, to start to reorder matter uh, based on our imaginations. And so- Can we quote you with that? Is that a quotable moment? You know, I believe you, you your software transcribes, so feel free. The present is just a mere inconvenience. 
<laughs> on the way to way we think you know something. That's interesting. One of my other radio shows I produce and host now for, for many years is called Technology Revolution, The Future of Now. The, not mm. the future is now, the future of now. And at the right. end of the show, I have my guests raise their little finger and they join me in saying, no, no, no. People say the future is already here. And we say, no, no, no. Because when I started that sentence, it was the future and now it's the past. We're going to make it a better one. That's how I end those shows. And we're talking about artificial intelligence. We'll talk about that later. Thank you. You know, ar artificial intelligence should not be considered a substitute for actual intelligence. I know that. But real people with real minds put it together and they all of its goods, its guardrails and its biases and everything. So people did it. Well, let's have another conversation. So let's go to Leah Craft Christine. I apologize for not pronouncing your name right. And you have picked a song from the Moody Blues, 1971 on their album, Every Good Boy Deserves Favor. Wasn't that how you remembered the letters in the in the musical scale? Uh, our guessing game is the song. English rock band formed in Birmingham, May 1964. Drummer drummer Graham Edge, guitarist vocalist Danny Lane, keyboardist vocalist Mike Pinder. They all sang multi-instrumentalist vocalist Ray Thomas and bassist vocalist Clint Warwick. Um, they were part of the British beat and R&B scene of the early to mid-60s. They came to prominence with a UK number one and a US top 10 single, Go Now. I remember that. I do. Here's the line Leah is quoting. Bless the days when I'm feeling strong. Leah, that's lovely. Just lovely. Go ahead. What does it have to do with your creativity? Part of my creativity is in the speeches I give and the seminars I give, the programs I put together. And when I... I had a period of my life where I spent 14 years traveling around the planet giving seven-hour seminars along with keynotes, and I spent hundreds and thousands of hours speaking to hundreds of thousands of people, and I would need to remember um, on any given day probably about 25 books the titles, the authors, and what was in them. And I could do that. I could go through a seven-hour seminar doing that. But another reason for saying, bless the days when I'm feeling strong. I adopted a child with multi-needs, and she came from the foster care system, and she is 17 now. God bless me. And I am having those days where I'm saying love is where I need to come out on this whole discussion. Love is what I need to get back to. It takes tremendous strength to get back to love and say nothing else matters. Really, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. I'm trying to get the confetti for you, Leah. Here's the confetti for you. The new Sonoma <laughs> operating system, I didn't mean to interrupt you, on Mac does this on FaceTime, it does it on Zoom, and there are all kinds of two, two thumbs up. I see my thumbs are I not balanced there. There you I go. There. I got fireworks for oh, you. Oh, <laughs> fireworks are the best. I can Thank make you. a rainstorm. Yes. I can make all kinds of stuff. So there's all kinds of, yeah, my son was teaching that to me. Uh, He's all grown up. But, Leah, thank you. And God yeah. bless you. Go ahead, finish your sentence, please. But when I'm, I'm consulting with people and I will have a flash of insight of something they could do, and it's so exciting to me, that's something I can give to them as a gift. Or when 
I have a, a foundation I created for girls aging out of foster care who have no families and no one stepped forward to adopt them and they don't have anybody related to them to say, hey, honey, come and live with me. So I started this foundation called Lifestar Academy. And when I'm talking with these kids, sometimes it takes the most monumental imagination and insight to come up with a solution after you have just heard their story that made you glaze over thinking, Oh my Lord, how did she survive that? But to come out of that and say, you know what would be incredibly wonderful for you to do? I can see you doing this. And seeing a flash of empowerment on her face and insight or hope or anything that will give her fuel to light that match and ignite her future. That's what I need myself to do as many days I am on this earth as possible, because that's what we all have to have is imagination. So God bless the days I'm feeling strong, because that allows me to see that vision for them and for myself. But ultimately, it's about love, because you don't want to share that vision if you don't feel love. And so you're feeling love for your clients, you're feeling love for these kids, and you want them to see what you're seeing. And it takes strength. Thank you. That was beautiful. Just beautiful. You're inspiring me. I think I have to go out and start something new now in addition to my radio work because I have a lot of free time. And it's, it's like, oh, you're doing too many shows. No, four shows. I used to do 12, 18 shows all the time, and now it's down to four. So, oh, no, you I, would be such an inspiration to these girls. We'll you can't talk. imagine how spunky they can be. We'll They're talk. just magnificent. Lovely, <laughs> thank you. And let's go around one more seat around the table to Paul Lawrence Van. And Paul has picked a quote from War Room, a 2015 drama film. The character is Mrs. Clara Williams, played by Karen Abercrombie. It's a 2015 American Christian drama film. Drug salesman Tony Jordan and his wife, real estate Elizabeth Jordan, real estate agent, appear outwardly successful. Oh, everybody envy us. They have a large house. They have money. A beautiful daughter named Danielle. Well, who wouldn't envy that? Behind the, the facade, the safad, their relationship is strained. Tony is callous, verbally... <gasps> abusive. He's thinking about cheating. No, Tony, don't cheat. And almost never there for his daughter. Elizabeth is hired by elderly woman, Miss Clara, to sell her house. Miss Clara senses the strength, the stress, and suggests Elizabeth fight for the marriage by praying for Tony. Miss Clara shows Elizabeth a special closet she has dedicated to praying, which she calls the war room. What a lovely story. Paul, here's the quote you picked. Great leaders focus on what they can do, not on what they can't. Paul Lawrence Van, tell us, how does this relate to your creativity, sir? Go ahead. Well, thank you so much. But I tell you, leadership is everything. And people ask me, well, you know, I'm not a leader. I said, well, you're not in the leader of the sense that you have a title that goes with it, but we are all leaders. And why? We all have a life to lead. Some are better than others, but we all have a life to lead. And so leadership plays an important role. And I really love that quote primarily because what it tells us is that we're not going to have perfect days, but we're going to have some strong days. And to me, leadership is everything. And the reason why leadership is everything is because it's the point at what we make decisions. Leaders make decisions. When we look at the, a leader with a title, let's say a president or of a company or a CEO or a nonprofit with an executive director, uh, they have a title. But if they're not 
developing other people on their staff, they're not a leader, no matter how successful they think they are. But the role of a leader is to be a servant. You position mm-hmm. the people that work for you to do good things and to do great things, and you allow your influence to guide them along the way. So a leader with influence is a person who develops the manager to be a leader. They develop the employee to be a leader. And we're all leaders in one form or another. And I'll give you an example. Uh, I used to work for UPS in college four years because, you know, with 10 children, your parents don't have any tuition money, right? (laughs) So I got a job. And this past summer, UPS was one of only few companies that did not go on strike. And they did not go on strike because they would have lost billions of dollars. If we look at the UAW, in the first 10 days, they lost $5 billion due to work stoppages. And the reason why this happened is because it was poor leadership on the part of the company, the union, and the employees. They really should have gotten what they wanted because eventually they did. And that's going back to UPS. UPS just figured, you know, let's cut our losses. We'll pay these drivers $170,000 a year, and they're worth it because it's riskier to deliver packages today. Mm -hmm. They create a goodwill, and that goodwill is when the next contract negotiation comes up. Everybody's going to be more relaxed. They're not going to be under pressure. We are me against you, you against me. It's more of a win-win. So leadership plays a tremendous role. And I like to tell the young people that you're leaders too. And the, the sooner you learn that, the better off your life is going to be. Because if you can lead your life, you can lead anything. You must be able to lead your life. You have to make good financial decisions, decisions for your health decisions for your community to keep a safe community, a nice community, and help people as opposed to trying to hurt people. That's really the sign of great leadership. And uh, that's really what I espouse to. And again, I started working at the age of 10. And so my leadership started at the age of 10, building a relationship with the vendors that would deliver the milk, who would deliver the sodas. They deliver the ice cream. Look out. (laughs) (laughs) what happened to the ice cream son i don't know i don't know thank you paul very very impressive all of you thank Thank you you for working your way through the quotes i appreciate the the time you put into selecting such interesting quotes now i'm going to pick we have uh 17 minutes left i got a lot to squeeze in here so let's take two minutes i'm going to read one creativity statement from each of you i'll pick one and just take two minutes and if you see me doing this i'm not being rude but it means just let's wrap it up and then we have some fun things to do at the well we're already having fun so steve wolf Statement number two, you don't need to find it, I'll read it. You say, I don't feel like creativity, in quotes, is a task I wake up to do. feels more like a void in the universe that rips me from my sleep and won't release me until I've met its demands. It's an attitude. When asked for a creative solution to a problem, I begin with the premise that there is a better answer out there and it will present itself if allowed to. Let's go from that. Steve, just two minutes. This is very interesting. Go ahead. Wow, I have to ponder that. It's a... <laughs> You wrote, wrote it, son of a gun. <laughs> I know, it, very impressive. It, it is true, right? So, so any any problem begins for me with the belief: yes, there's a solution to this. Uh, we might not know what it is right now, but we'll make room for it, and we'll gather smart people, and between us, we'll work it out because we're humans. For crying out loud, 
and we, you know, we put a man on the moon, uh, if you believe everyone except Fox News, and (laughs) I I saw their report, you know, but anyway, though, you know, when I was five years old, glued to my television set, and when I watched Neil Armstrong stick his toes in the sand uh, on the moon, and that really convinced me that anything you could imagine was possible, could be done, that human ingenuity was the most powerful force in in the universe. Uh, And whatever problems we have, climate, medical, energy, et cetera, like there's a a solution. And and if there's not an obvious solution, there's a good workaround. Uh, So we, we can get there. And Always a good worker. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Right. Sometimes There's a lot of just, problems I don't know how to fix, but I know how to get to the end goal because I could work around it. Absolutely. Thank you. Very, very interesting. Let's go to Leah. I'm picking statement number two from you. I will read it. You say, you're more creative. Well, I'm going to change it to I'm creative. I'm more creative when I just begin without the full story. I've written four novels. I think you've written more than that. And learn that they begin to speak to me and unfold in a way that guide me, but don't totally control. I've written some romantic comedy plays. I wrote them in three nights from one to 4 a.m. And they spoke, the characters just told yes. me what they were thinking. What it Once it starts to pour, Leah, in, so tell me, is that your experience? And tell me about your statement, please. Go ahead. Well, I think that definitely there is something that is pulled through us. Here's what I feel about a lot of creativity, mm-hmm. is that we are conduits. All of us are conduits. The more we enjoy, the more we feel the all the positive side emotions, the greater and the stronger and the larger our conduit is. When we write something, it should always be that you can call it channeling. It's we're pulling it through us. And if you are listening, you're getting everything and all the words that are coming to you. And that means the characters. And there's something that's meant to be born. If that novel that you thought you wanted to write, it starts being stillborn, then you maybe should say, this may not be the right path. What's an alternate here? What should I be doing? I'm listening for guidance. I think we all have to be listening for guidance. And then we pour our energy in that. But we need to know first that we're on the right path. Because so much energy can be used up when it's not even on the right path. It's not the right story. It's not the right character. And so we have to listen to it. But yes, I've written four novels and the rest were all nonfiction. And someday when I am very old, I'm going to start writing fiction again. (laughs) I'm looking at you, Leah. You're never going to get very old. You're always going to just be like you are right now. You're going to be timeless. Can you deal with that? I want timeless. Timeless is good age to have. I'm 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 striving for timeless as well. Yes. And and I have had people say, How come you're still out there riding your bike wearing a ponytail? And I'm thinking I was so lucky that so much of what I've done in my life was necessity. And that creates, that forces creativity. It was necessary. Now what can I do? Because I'm in a position of necessity. So that's another bonus. Thank you. Very, very interesting. (laughs) All I'm going to statement number four. This is a little bit long, but we'll get to the word creativity in the last sentence. To me, leadership means I don't have to go it alone sharing my expertise to help people. I founded and lead Wealth Academy podcast and on the YouTube channel, Leadership is Influence. So the guest experts I interview can help expand the knowledge I want my subscribers, my fans, and my followers to have. Here, 
By expanding the message to a larger audience, I am creatively making a difference in the lives of others. And this is what's important to me. Paul, two minutes. Go ahead. Yes, and thank you so much. One of the things that I always believe in is the fact that when we look at our lives and we look at ourselves in the mirror, it all comes back to leadership. I tell people when I used to run track and field in college, I didn't compete against anyone else. I was competing against the clock and the conditioning I had prepared myself for that day. So that's a leadership issue. I really espouse to leadership and I decided to get it on the YouTube channel, Leadership is Influence, primarily because I know that when we look at the major problems that are not only taking place in America, but around the world, it's all the result of leadership. There may be a problem with the leadership and the, the number one thing that a leader should have is quality. The, the leader must have the quality of themselves. That's the most important thing. And then we also need to understand that we can all lead and we don't need a title to lead. We're all leaders, every one of us. And, and as a result, uh, when we look at leadership and we look at sharing it with other people, it's to help make the world a better place. It really is to make the world a better place. And uh, it's something I really espouse to. And that's why I wrote the book, uh, Leadership is Influence, because I provide a three-pronged approach to becoming a leader of influence. And a leader of influence, again, is a servant leader. They're not trying to take the credit, but they're trying to position their organization so that they can meet the vision, the mission, and the goals of the organization or of the business, whether it's at the corporate level, the regional level, or the local level. And that goes for schools, that goes for uh, uh, K through 12 schools, colleges, universities, corporations, and of course, the military as well. So that's what I truly believe that leadership makes all the difference. And we want to turn the world around. We're going to start with love. But we're going to have the foundation of leadership. I yes. Love I love it. Thank you very much. Thank you all for putting so much. Hey, Red is crosstalk allowed here? Yes, yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can. No, no. I forgot to tell you. You have, you have 10 fingers, I think. on. I think you still have 10 fingers, Steve. The middle finger I don't respond to, but any of the other fingers, wiggle and I will call you. So wiggle a finger and I'll call you. Does anybody have a little finger going up here? Who? Oh, Steve Wolf. Go ahead. Talk to Paul. Go ahead. Steve, Leah, you know, you said Leah. that... Uh, that that um, your creativity uh, often spawned from need, and I, I wanted to add the the role, the important role of empathy here, because the need that you're responding to might not be your own, but you might feel as called to solve a problem that someone else is experiencing yeah. as one that you're mm -hmm. experiencing yourself. Exactly. And, you know, in my work with the girls who are in foster care and aging out without any helping hand waiting, um, if I had had the perfect life, it, it they would not relate to me. But as it was, mm -hmm. you know, if I wanted a new dress, I had to learn how to sew. And then at age nine, learned how to make cookies and go around and sell them so I could buy fabric so I could sew a new dress. And when I went, was wanting to go to college, my parents didn't know anything about my applications or even my desire to go because I did not want to put a burden on them to even think about the financial part of it. And so they never knew anything about it until I landed there. But these girls need to know that some Sometimes because they could look at me and say, oh, I bet you just had everything. And I'll say, here, let me tell you about what I grew up with. <laughs> I, I would love to talk to some of your girls, Leah, if we could, if you ever think my story might 
help. So we'll we'll talk, okay? <laughs> we definitely need to. I would yes. love that. So listen, I have some fun stuff to do here. Well, this has all been fun, but we we have time now. I usually have to rush through this. I have some famous birthdays. Yes. Some people you may recognize and some I promise you you won't, but I've selected them for birthday wishes for a reason. So let's go through age first. Tim Meadows. Remember, actor, cast member on Saturday Night Live. He played Sam McPherson in the comedy spoof Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. He was Principal Glasscott, Glasscott in ABC School and Judge Tolbeck on CBS's No Activity. And he was in some films, The Coneheads and Wayne's World. And he was part of Second City Comedy Troupe. Happy birthday. Tim Meadows is 63. Can you believe that? And then a fabulous our, our artist and actress who's just so well-known, Laura Linney is 60 today. Oh, wow. She was nominated for an Oscar for the 2000 drama You Can Count On Me. She's been in Mystic River, Primal Fear, Love Actually, The Truman Show, Ozark. She's been in with Justin Bateman since uh, 2017. Golden Globe Award for Showtime series The Big C. And she played Kelsey Grammer's love interest in the last season of Frasier. I didn't remember that. <laughs> and then we have the lovely American country singer Sarah Evans is 53 today. Only a few gold and platinum selling records, including her 1998 album, No Place That Far, awards from every possible music association. And she was a nightclub performer at the age of 16. She really wanted to sing. Here are some people you've never heard of. Uh, I don't think so. On YouTube, we have a gentleman named Jeremy Fragrance. F-R-A-G-R-A-N-C, Fragrance. He only has okay. 2 million subscribers on YouTube, <laughs> uh, but he's 35 today. He's a perfume critic. It gets better. Perfume critic and reviewer and a blogger. He also gives lifestyle and dating tips and promotes his own Fragrance One line. He's a model and he's an entrepreneur. He holds a master's in international business and marketing. Hello. <laughs> his video of the top 10 perfumes, he did a top 10, and we're talking big names, got 5.3 million views wow. so happy birthday to jeremy fragrance and we know that's not his real last name and then we have here oh my goodness gracious we have a lovely lady named Kristen, c-h-r-i-s-t-e-n like christian but Kristen dominique uh, she's 37 she only has 4.5 million subscribers on youtube and 2.1 million on instagram she's a beauty phenomenon and leah she gives freelance makeup artists she gives makeup lessons she has her own line of cruelty free makeup a beauty company and she started uh, her social career with a video how to create fuller lips i thought that was very germane so happy birthday to Kristen Dominique. Okay. Today in music history, February 5th, you all remember, I'm going to give you some real tips here. 1976, Elvis recorded For the Heart, Hurt, and Danny Boy. Didn't mean to do that. 1977, Mary McGregor's Torn Between Two Lovers. Remember that? Number one for the first of two weeks. 1981, Joni Mitchell. Did anybody see her on the Grammys last oh, night? Yes. Oh, heartbreaking and, and encouraging at the same time. She survived a brain aneurysm 10 years ago and had to learn to walk and talk again. And she was singing. She was inducted in 81 into Canada's Juno Hall of Fame. Bravo, Joni Mitchell. Beautiful as always. In 1983, Africa by Toto. Hit number one in the U.S. replacing Down Under by Men at Work. There you go. Uh, in 1990, Hasbro introduced the new kids on the block dolls, which came with personal interview cassettes. And they were also selling phones, buttons, and fanny packs. Good for new 
kids on the block. In 2007 on this day, and I know you're all just excited about this, Apple Computer settled a long battle with Apple Records, which was the Beatles label. You know why? They didn't want Apple, the computer maker, to sell music under the name Apple. Well, I guess they won. In 2008, Lenny Kravitz released his eighth studio album, It Is Time For A Love Revolution, and it peaked at number four. In 2012, on this day, Super Bowl, it looks like 56, I can't be sure. Halftime show became the most watched TV event in the history at 118 million views. Performing artists include Madonna, LMFAO, Nicki Minaj, and CeeLo Green. I'm almost done. In 2017, Lady Gaga opened the Super Bowl halftime show with a verse from God Bless America, followed by the Woody Guthrie song parody, This Land is Your Land. In 2018, Paul Simon announced his final tour of the Homeward Bound. And in 2023, Beyonce won four Grammys, breaking the record for the most all-time Grammy wins with 32. And Dr. Dre's Global Impact Award was inaugurated, and he won it. So there you go. Today is Leo Day. You know anybody named Leo? Say, not happy birthday, just hello, Leo. It's National Chocolate Fondue Day, Pork Rind Day, Primrose Day. It's Shower with a Friend Day. Ooh. <laughs> Weather Person's Day. It's Freelance Writers Appreciation Week. And I have three minutes. Thank you, Jordan. And it's International Networking Week. That's what we're doing. So here we go. February is the month of African-American Heritage and Black History Month. I have to tell you this, but I'm going to whisper it. It's National Condom Month. Don't yes. say a word. It's also Spunky Old Broads Month. I don't know if those two go together. It's Adopt a Rescue Rabbit Month, Humpback Whale Awareness, Library Lovers, Bird Feeding, Blahbuster, Embroidery Month, Goat Yoga Month, Haiku Writing Month, Mend a Broken Heart Month, Pull Yourself Off the Wall Month, Return Shopping Carts to the Supermarket Month, Dog Trading Education, and Bike to Work. And for foods in February, we celebrate Berries Fresh Chocolate, Fabulous Florida Strawberries, Great American Pie, Avocado, Banana, Cherry Fondue, Not Together, grapefruit macadamia nuts and sweet potato and i oh i've got three minutes left i'm good so any of those holidays you're going to be celebrating paul what do you think uh, uh, maybe avocado month or fabulous strawberry florida I, strawberry what I'll do you think both of those that I like both good. Of them. two months left <laughs> you know you you left one out what did i leave out what today february 5th is the 55th anniversary of my mom's 28th birthday Oh, so, mazel tov to your mom. mother. Happy birthday. <laughs> and by the way, this week you can tell your mom it's shape up with pickles time month and it's solo solo diners eat out week. So Ooh. we have about a minute. And, uh, now I've got a minute and a half. So I want to do my closing. And by the way, in 2014, I had a list, Leah, top 10 tips for women in 2014. And I saved it all these years and I found it. And the number one tip was aspire to be Barbie. The biatch has everything. That was from 2014, and now we've got the movie. So here are my closing words, and I don't have to rush so much tonight, and thank you all. Don't go away, the three of you. I'll talk with you afterwards. You ready? Life is short. Break the rules, aren't we all? Forgive quickly. So much. Kiss slowly. Yes, definitely. Love truly. Now you're going to join me in a laugh that's uncontrollable. Laugh uncontrollably. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, you can do better than that. Steve, go on. Well, it's controlled, though. But it's still, it's still like and never regret anything that made you smile. And here are the final words. Work like you don't need the money. Right, kids? Because yeah. yep. nobody else really cares. If you need it, you go do it. Dance like no one's watching. When I was teaching disco, on top of a Formica table in a school cafeteria somewhere near Eugene, Oregon, in high heels to a class of 250 people in my disco class, 
Everybody watched because they thought I'd fall, and I never did. I made them give me a wooden stage the next week. Shame on them. So dance like nobody's watching. They watched. Great legs. Sing like nobody's listening. I didn't sing too much. Love like you've never been hurt. We all have. Get over it. Let your heart heal. Let it come back. Let it re-embrace love again. Money talks. Chocolate sings. La. And last but not least, I stole this line from a host I heard years ago. Thank you for turning me on. Everybody wave goodbye <laughs> right on time here. Don't go away. Bye LinkedIn, bye Facebook, bye YouTube, bye Voice America. Jordan, are we out? Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.